Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Blacksmith's Furnace. With the return of the one, the only, the best half of the furnace. Yes, correct. That is me. Robert. Well, this disrespectful maths. Your boy Pete, I'm here. Well, technically, because there's only, there's only two of us here, I am the better half. So the fractions are fractioning today. But they're fractioned always. As usual, I shall remain the humble half. I'm the humble half. <laughs> I'm the humblest half. Yeah, yeah, Mo couldn't make it today. I'm so could, it's I just... couldn't make it on my grand return to the furnace. I know you missed me. Evidently wasn't important enough for Mo. And uh, I tend to be committed to things, so I turn up anyway. You know. Nah, you missed a few. You missed a few. <laughs> Rockin' the Rockstar in the building. Welcome. Come on. Cool. We doing one for one? Let's do one for one. All right. Have you got Can a I question? Or... Yeah, go ahead. I yeah. do. So it was actually based on a story I was reading today, actually. Okay. Um, there was this vicar who has been asked to step down from his church mm. um, just because ever since he's taken over. Um, things haven't been moving forward so like um like building work hasn't been building working congregation isn't growing it's actually falling but he refuses to stand down because he said that he's listening to the holy spirit (laughs) but he's doing what he feels like he needs to do but members of the congregation um the organists people in the choir uh, i think administrative people within the church are leaving the protest saying Mm. either you go or we go Mm. So what would you say to this vicar in the situation? Should he continue to listen to what he believes of the Holy Spirit? Or should he do mm. what's good for the church? Or what what others might deem as good for the church and the growth of the church and step down? Hmm. It, it's yeah. difficult, right? Because, well, actually, it's not difficult. Here's the thing. I think... If you're ever in a situation where amongst, generally speaking, all of us being God-fearing people, or amongst God-fearing people, everyone's a God-fearing person. Or not, not, you know what I mean. For instance, in a church situation, a church leadership situation, in a place where there is a good likelihood that everyone there can be expected to be at a certain level of spiritual maturity, if the majority of people and in this case if everyone is saying you should step down and you are saying you shouldn't step down at some point i think not at some point there has to be a well two things there has to be a recognition that maybe you're wrong and if the majority of people are saying a and there are people who there's a good chance that they have a good opinion on things and they're all in unison against you, maybe the problem is you. (laughs) The alternative, and actually it's not even an alternative, but the other way of looking at it is you could still very well be right, but for the sake of peace, for the sake of unity, still step down. And I say that to to look at like Christ saying, um, you know, should should he pay taxes? You know, should the son of the king pay taxes? 
And Christ very much would be well within his rights to say, I ain't going to pay no taxes. I am God. Like, what are you going to do? But for the sake of, like, peace, he was like, okay, cool. Whose who's name is on the whose face is on the money? Caesar. Right, give to Caesar what Caesar's. Like, you could very well have said no. The thing he demonstrates is sometimes hold the L just for the sake of the other person. Like, for the sake of sanity for the sake of peace sometimes hold the l and so whichever way i split this but didn't jesus also say i didn't come for peace i came with a sword yeah but in context he came with a sword metaphorically speaking to separate a mom from their daughter because the daughter is going to follow christ and the mom isn't like it wasn't well maybe the pastor is the one that needs to be separating these people from because they're not doing the right thing I, i i think yeah, I, I think in, in that situation, if the entire church like leadership or something are saying you need to step down, he needs to step down, you know. And also when like there is evidence of it, like as a vicar, I mean, I don't know how he's supposed to do construction and, and do all of these things. But if there's some evidence that he's not stepping up to the plate and he's not doing his job or he's not doing something, then yeah, step down. I think the problem is people tend to get very confident in their ability to hear from God, you know, Mm. and and I think there's a danger there as well. There's a danger in thinking you, you know you're right, you know you're right, or you know you're the prophet, or you know you have this ability to hear from God and so you ain't listening to no one else. That's pride. But then as a pastor, shouldn't shouldn't you more than most people be confident in your ability to hear from God? You should be confident in it. You should be you should be confident in it based on the um based on the growth, based on the evidence. But at the same time, you should know that you're still human. You still have mm. flesh. There's still a possibility that you could get it wrong. And the second you start thinking you can't, that's confidence in the flesh. That's confidence in yourself. Like, if you think you can't be wrong, you most likely are. <laughs> so. Not me, boy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I mean, how often do you see it? Like, <laughs> there was this um, video going around and it was this pastor. I sent it to the group after. I was like a Nigerian pastor and like saying with all confidence, he was like, if you get to heaven. I saw that video this morning. <laughs> and I am not there. And then he did something with his girl to you. You have gone to hell. <laughs> it's like, yo, you know, there are people that are going to be there. Like, didn't we cast out demons in your name? And Jesus would be like, I never knew you. So there should be a healthy... I, not not necessarily fear or uncertainty or distrust, but there should be a healthy recognition of how desperately wicked the heart is, how desperately wicked our flesh is. And the fact that we draw breath with these lungs means our flesh is still there and we need to die to it on a daily basis. Anyone, like when people do that, I, I really worry, you know, when people act like they can't get it wrong or whatever revelation they've received is a hundred percent like have confidence absolutely the devil will try and then bring uncertainty but have humility with it as well yeah yeah i was you gonna know? say there, there should so. be humility in your confidence yeah 
um, and and the confidence shouldn't even be in you. Yeah, exactly. It's like the humility should come from the fear of knowing who God is, and the confidence exactly. should be come from knowing who God is again and, and what He's done. Yeah. Um, it shouldn't be because you ticked off everything on the list. <laughs> no. Yeah, second, those, the, the, then that list becomes the, its own idol, or your efforts, your works become its own idol, and it's just like. Now you know. Even Paul said he could miss the 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 mark. He could run the race and miss it. Like even he would give himself like the the possibility of getting it wrong, and that meaning that he needs to stay on his toes to make sure that he gets it right. But yeah. So I'd say Vicar step down. You know. But, cool. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Cool, cool, cool. My question is. How do you deal with stress? Have you got any new coping mechanisms? What's your coping mechanism? How do you deal with stress? Um, so... And is it biblical or could it be improved in a biblical manner? I think it, it definitely could be improved. <laughs> not, not, in one that, not in what I do, maybe in order-wise. Okay. And I think there are things that could be removed because I'm definitely a comfort eater. <laughs> so when I was stressed, Whew. what's it go to? It depends who's around. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. If if Andrea's not around and I know she won't see me, going straight to that burger shop, bro. Smacks, getting that big smack burger meal with the five breaded wings. Oh, bro, they know me that. They, they know me down there. Uh, yes, yes, yes. So, so I can, I do stress eat, um, mm. but if there's nothing that will satisfy me, I'll go. I'll go for a walk. I'm okay. a, I'm a walker just because walking helps me process my thoughts a lot better than than standing still. Mm. So I walk somewhere to go and buy some some nice things to eat. <laughs> Kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I know what I should do is take the stresses to God first. Mm. And I'll usually do that after the walk, after I've had the time to try and think and scheme my way after whatever has been has been bothering me. Right. Um, and I think that just inherently just because I try and find solutions to everything or, or try and work out everything by myself. Um, but I've been learning, especially within marriage, that... Um, Sometimes, sometimes the answer you can get from your mind isn't the answer that's needed for a situation, mm. or you might not know, or you might not not know the answer um, altogether. Mm. And sometimes the logical answer is not the right answer. <laughs> Some would say, <laughs> "Some not being me," but <laughs> yeah. Um, and if I'm in a position where I can't go for a walk or a pace. I'll journal either on my phone or in the actual book. I don't do I don't do that as much as I I should, even though mm. that it is very cathartic. Just get like the the act of writing is quite cathartic and it does help just get all the millions of thoughts in my head out onto paper. Mm. Um, yeah. So if I had to rearrange the the order of things that I would do, I think I'd probably. I think I'm going to walk, 
Take it to God, journal, and then follow those fail. Hmm. Go to Big Smacks. Go Smacks. Come on. Oh my days. <laughs> so before, if I was going to Smacks, I wouldn't tell Andrea. And then, uh, and so she wouldn't know I, I was going. I'd pay with my Monzo card instead of the joint account. So I wouldn't show the statement. <laughs> But then when you use um, Google Pay, um, it like does like a notification on on your phone. Yeah. And one time I just forgot to clear it. <laughs> and then so one time she was like, "Oh, what do you have for lunch today?" I was like, oh, "I just had some rice." <laughs> this time she seen it. She seen the smacks. <laughs> she set the trap. Oh yeah. And you know that was the point where I, was, where I, I, I like really learned that. Like lying in the marriage isn't, isn't worth it. Yeah. If you go, if if you go to Smacks, just say I've gone to Smacks. The worst you could do is tell you off or say why didn't you get me some. You know, I'm not going to get divorced because I went to Smacks. Um, mm. But yeah, so if if you're in the marriage, don't lie. <laughs> Unless you have to, then you can lie. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, but yeah, I'm happy. That's fairly healthy. At least you you recognize where it's unhealthy, but you do have oh, yeah. some healthy coping mechanisms in there, which is quite good. Yeah, I try. I try. All right, let's get into the topic for th- or the first topic. We, we might just cool. go through a bunch right. of stuff today. Let's go. Um, there, there was a topic that I've been wanting to speak speak about for a few weeks. Um, mm. so I might start with that. Robert De Niro. Okay. And now Al Pacino. Okay. Do you know what, what they have in common? Their names end in the old sound. Okay, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they're both very old and they're both about to be fathers. About to be fathers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so they both got girlfriends and their girlfriends are both pregnant with their children. And so there's been a bit of discourse on the internet about whether it's irresponsible for them to be having children at such an old age. Yeah. Mm. And I have my thoughts about this. Mm-hmm. I might just go on a bit of a rant just for force, just, just so I can give you some, 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 some time to ruminate your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's my thing. You can't be upset at Robert De Niro and Al Pacino for having children at this age but then support single motherhood. Okay, yeah. Okay. Because if your if your thing is that their old age will deprive them of a father figure sooner rather than later, mm. and you understand that a father figure is important, then you shouldn't then be championing single mothers. Mm. Because those women are intentionally, or maybe not intentionally, intentionally because they picked the wrong guys. Or intentionally because they just chose to not be with their baby daddies. Or they got pregnant and said, I'm keeping it, even though that wasn't part of the plan in the first place. Or I made up other things. Mm-hmm. You can't then celebrate them and say you're doing a great job and then say these guys are responsible. It's either the fathers are important or they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both are in a position where they've got enough resources that their children will be, will be looked after. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm sure the, both their mothers are 
they look all right. They they're, they're all right, you know. And and like when they're sitting on that Al Pacino, Robert De Niro money. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I'm saying that it won't be like they, they like I, I don't think they'll be the kind of women that will be going on Kevin Samuels trying to get advice okay. on how to find that find a yeah. man. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure Robert De Niro's baby mama is like a martial arts expert. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. cool. Right. Yeah, so they look they look good. They've got that that old money. <laughs> um, if they wanted to find a step father for their children, mm. I don't think it'd be that difficult. You know, the kids are set up for life. Mm. You get to be the Nero, a Pacino, with, with with the money that comes with that. They're good. Mm. Mm. That's my thoughts on it. What do you think, Peter? Yeah, I think it's unfortunate, right? Because whether it's society, whether it's just our expectation, immediately you go to, yeah, they'll have enough money to be catered for. But, I mean, how old are they? I, I don't know. I know that yeah. they're old. Um, both De Niro and Albert Chico know that they're super old. Um, and so I say that just with the practicality of, you know, today's society. We're not, we're not in the age of... Um, okay, so Robert De Niro is ago. 79... His girlfriend is forty-five. Okay. Mm. What's the Al Pacino? Mm. Yeah. Al Pacino is eighty-three, okay. and his girlfriend is twenty-nine. Oh. So she's in it for the money. She was in it for the money anyway. The, the baby yeah. just she secured it. She lost his oh. character. Ah. The cancer of his money. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I mean, yeah, you, you immediately go to. The money will be there to take care of these kids because you know the, the parents are rich, um, and the reality is a seventy nine year old, an eighty four year old, they haven't got another thirty years in them. I don't think, you know, um, just statistically speaking, how many people mm. are living to a hundred, you know, as it were. Um, they they probably eat well. They probably have got the money to sustain themselves. So yeah, but then at eighty. Four at seventy nine, are you keeping up with the kid? You know, are you able to actually interact with the kid as much as you'd want to? Um, and so, unfortunately, we look at it and look at they've got the money which will sustain them, but will they be able to be the best kind of fathers? Will they be able to be the kind of father that they would have been in their thirties, forties? Probably not. Um, and so, it's it's unfortunate. I think that. We end up looking at the money, and as you said, we, we don't actually look at what it means to be a father, and I think that's indicative of where society is at. Where again, to your point, you know, where we will champion single motherhood all day, but then not really think of the consequences of not having the father in the house. It's funny you bring this up because I was listening to um, like a just a YouTube short, and there was a lady giving a presentation, and she said statistically in America, I believe. Children raised in two-parent households with a mother and a father, you know, statistically are less likely to go to jail or encounter the juvenile system. Interestingly enough, they have the same statistical uh, probability of um, doing that, of going to jail or getting, in, getting engaged with the juvenile system as a child that's raised by only their father. Mm. So it's either mother or father or just father. And then single mothers, obviously, 
they have a higher likelihood, a significantly higher likelihood of going to jail or being in a single uh, or being in the juvie system. So it's very interesting how little it seems we we rate the role of the father, you know, and where there's now I haven't checked the stats myself. There's now statistical evidence that actually. The father is a very, very pivotal part, or plays a very, very pivotal part in sort of getting the vast majority of kids into a good place in society. So, I think it's and yeah. I think I I think that there's there's just like even though like I know for like even if you look at African parents, like fathers are there, but they may not be as involved. Mm. Uh, in, in the rearing as mother might be um yeah. i was watching this like video on instagram there was this like three four year old he was bawling his eyes bawling his eyes mom said come to bed he'll say no i don't want to go to bed mm. daddy comes quick says go to bed jumps in the bed silent <laughs> you know and i think that the role of fathers is to do that kind of thing where it's not the like they may not have a, a, as much presence but their presence holds a different kind of weight when they're around. Mm-hmm. Not that it's more important than the weight a mother has, but no, no. It, it's a different and as equally important weight yeah, yeah. for both girls and boys. And boys, you know? yeah. Yeah, and I, I think I think that the, what, what it comes down to for me in, in answering your question is I don't think at that age, you know, maybe they will, maybe they won't. I don't think that they will be able to be as best a father as they can be, you know, if they were younger. They might still do a a, a bang on job, you know, and, you know, best case scenario, they've done all the work they need to do. They're going to be home. They're going to be with the kids. That's great, you know. Maybe they can be good grandfathers to their children. (laughs) Good grandfathers to their children. You know. <laughs> they've got the money they could make it work like there's a there's a scenario in which they make this work really well and all the heavy lifting is done by the help you know nannies and, and whatnot but they're there and they interact and they have a big part in their kids lives best case scenario they can make it work likely scenario they're just going to throw money at the problem yeah. and they're going to have another group of kids growing up with a father that's not really there um, I, I wonder really how, you know, the kids that end up being just sort of child support kids, I wonder how they feel, you know, if, mm. when they grow up, do they think about that? You know, do they, do they, do they consider actually the only reason I was there was so that you can get a paycheck? You know, like, <laughs> how does that affect a kid? So, yeah. I think it depends on the amount of money that they get in. <laughs> I think not. Have you, did you ever see um, 50 Cent's kid? And that guy's <laughs> such a mess. He's an absolute mess. It was, it was like, it was like some ridiculous amount. It was like, what, 2100 or something a month? And I was like, oh, can you live on that? I was like, yeah. Yeah, I can live on 2100 <laughs> for free. I can live on that. Yeah, that's what entitled. I was just like, but again, you know, it's, it's different when. You know, when, when the parents are there, and, and it's funny, you know, it's funny, like, you talk about fathers. Uh, I was watching a, a video on this, it was a, he was a paedophile, and it was talking about the kind of kids he targets. Mm. And a big part of it was, is the father around? 
Is the father mm. active in the kid's life? Is the father someone that looks like he could be dangerous? If it's any of those things, those kids don't get targeted as much. Come on. You know, it's the absent father, just the mother, or like a, a weak-looking father, you know. And so it's like, yeah. It's, it's yeah, it is what it is. Hollywood is weird, you know, so. It's the super young 29-year-old having a 80-something-year-old uh, daughter is... Um, and she'll be celebrated. Yeah, they'll say, yeah, queen, get that bag. Come on. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. It's, like, it's not about the bag. It shouldn't be about the bag. But alas, what are you going to do? <laughs> but when the bag is Gucci, PR, it's about the bag. No shame, no shame. That is mad. That is mad. That those guys are still kicking around. It's crazy. Okay, what do you think is worse? Having a child at like 80, like these guys, yeah, or having poor kids like Nick Cannon? Do you know I'd say Nick Cannon's situation is worse? Because I think Nick Cannon's situation will be harder to be actively involved in those kids' lives. Like, especially when you've got that 12... And you haven't necessarily, it's not like 12 with a wife. It's 12 with different women, if I'm right. Yeah. I don't know how, I don't know what the distribution is, but it's 12 with different women. So it's 12 with different women that you're not necessarily in a full-on relationship with. Is it really practical that you are going to be spending as much time with these kids? Especially when you have to make the bag to pay that child support bill. Mm. You know, and so that means you are working, that means you are busy, that means you are wilding out you know so. hey i see what you did there <laughs> uh, yeah so i, I think alpha chino them are probably in a better position because you're old you've probably done all the work you need to do you can retire and you know yeah he could just be the best granddad to your kid at least you're there Come on. you know at least you're there it's mad though yeah because yeah. Yeah, alpha chino wasn't enough to be his girlfriend's it's hard optics man it's hard to say she's there for anything other than maybe she's a big fan maybe she's just a big fan yeah i mean scarface boy i still haven't <laughs> seen scarface well yeah you need to watch scarface just even if it's just for the culture i need to watch transformers is what i need to watch i i, I heard that it was abomination I don't say that. Toby Nguyen's in there. Uh, and um, Toby who? Toby Nguyen. Who's that? He's a rapper. He's a rapper. He's he's in the movie. Um, and then the guy, the the main character, who, oh, for whatever reason, I've forgotten his name just now. He's he's in. He was in the original Hamilton cast, and he's a singer. He's in In the Heights. He's a really really good singer. Mm. So I'm really wanting them to do well. But yeah. But I don't feel like trans- Transformers movies are movies you go and watch because they're made well. No, but that was that was the Michael Bay era. Because Michael Bay was all about stupid explosions and half-naked women. Like, so who does it now? It's a different director now. I forget who it was. It's not Michael Bay, which which I'm thankful for. All right, all right well, you go and watch it and let me know how it, how it goes. And it's the one with the Beast guys, the Maximals. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to do well, man. I really wanted yeah, to but, do well. Yeah, but isn't that like a plot hole? Because wasn't the 
it wasn't those guys, the Transformers, but they got their cores put into the animals. Because I'm pretty sure the gorilla was Optimus Prime. And then... No, 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 no. He was a descendant of Optimus Prime. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When it I was the Beast Wars cartoon, it was, it was like Optimus like and them guys Optimus got put Prime into... that then got transformed. No, no, because I think even in the thingy, because even in the thing, I think it was like, it was a time travel thing where they, they're descendants, but they time traveled back. So they have interactions with Optimus Prime and them lot, but he's a descendant. It's the same spark of leadership or whatever, matrix of leadership or whatever, but he's a descendant. He's a primal. He's not, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's what I remember anyway. Okay, well, we'll see. Yeah. Speaking of movies, that's a nice segue onto our next topic. Mm. On to the Little Mermaid a bit. Okay. Right, have you seen on. it? I have not. No. Are you going to see it? For legal purposes, I'll probably say no. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, heard good things, though. Okay. I've heard good things. I've heard mixed things. Okay. I've heard mixings. Did you hear about the people that were upset about how, um, you know, it it, it being set in the 1800s in Jamaica or 1700s in Jamaica, that they didn't talk about slavery enough in the movie? Mm, It's a kid's movie. It's a kid's movie. Well, you had the chance to be giving kids the information about what was really going on during that time. No, No, no. It's the same reason I don't, I don't care for Pride Month being a big thing in like primary schools. It's like it's, I, I don't see it as necessary. These are kids, you know. Like it's a kids' movie. I don't see it as necessary. This isn't the movie to, you know, create some sort of revolution for the the, the horrors of slavery. You know. Um, so no, I'm not upset about that. I think that's a bit of a stretch. You know, it's a kids' movie. It's not. It's not. It's not the vehicle for that message, mm. you know. So it's a mermaid, and it's a coming of age story, and it's all of these things. It's not. It's not. You know. It's not Coach Carter. You know. It doesn't need to be. Do you have any thoughts on Ariel being made into a be being turned into a black woman? No, I don't. I I think it's. I I don't know if I've changed my tune on this. But I think it's like, I don't care. I don't care. You know, people are making a, people make a noise about the, um, the, what's it called? Um, the likelihood of it being black, you know, if she's under the sea and unable to get sunlight and stuff that there's no, it's not um, practical that she'll be black. And like, it's also not practical that she'd be a mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> So what's the argument we're making here? Um, but no, outside of, um, you know, it's, it's for me, it's... So this is the thing. When I say I've heard good things, I've heard that her performance is amazing. Like her performance, the singing, her doing, and also the fact that she acted those things, probably staring at nothing, because a lot of it is CGI. Mm. Um, her performance is amazing. And so that then says to me, okay... Was this a case of the best person got the job? Or was this a case of we're trying to do a diversity thing and this is part of our diversity quota? The unfortunate thing is that would be a question that hangs over this because 
that's sort of been the argument nowadays is uh, we're not having enough black people and stuff and so let's put black people in stuff and it's like are we putting the best people in stuff or are we filling quotas you know and, and you don't want to be that person the good thing I is about the Snow White movie where Snow White is now Latino are they making the Snow White movie with the Latino Snow White yeah <laughs> even though Snow White is called Snow White because her skin was white as snow <laughs> And there's this, and there's been just like interesting things where it seems like it's redheads that are getting turned into black people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw that. I saw that as well. I, again, you know, I really wish you, you you wish it wasn't like a like a virtue signaling sort of response thing, and it, and it's sad because there'll be people. That will that will always be the question, you know. Was this just a, you know, a woke? We're trying to do this, or was this literally? Because I heard that Haley was the first person they auditioned, and when she sang, the director cried, and from her performance, it seems like she did really well. And so it's like, okay, maybe she was just the best person for the job, and that's perfect. If that's the case, perfect. But there will always be that question: like, was this a woke thing? You know, was it just? So, so- so counter argument if mm. if they 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 decided to recast T'Challa in Black Panther and the first person just happened to be let's say Tom Hardy mm. and then the director was blown away by his performance as Black Panther mm-hmm. and they, he decided he was the best person for the job should people then be okay that Tom Hardy is now the new Black Panther? In the heart think, of Africa. <laughs> see, this is the thing. Maybe he's a South. Maybe he's a South African black man. Come on. <laughs> um, I, I think it's. I think it's. It's slightly different because there, the person's race is very much like a part of the character. Like it plays a significant part. Yeah, the fact that Black Panther is a black guy from Wakanda is a big thing. Wakanda being a made-up country in Africa, which we, which means because it's a made-up a made-up country, there's argument that all races could be in 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 that country. No, it's an African black country that represents an imagination of what an African country would be like if it hadn't been touched by slavery, but then it had the resources for um, uh, and technological advancement as the West did. Like and and I don't even know if that's the um, I don't even know if that's the original idea behind Wakanda because it was still Stan Lee that made it up and all of that. Yeah, white Jewish man, you know. Yeah, was that what he was thinking? Who knows? Um, But that's what it's come to be. At least that's what the Black Panther movies represented was. This was a country untouched by the colonizer that had resources um, and the technological advancement of the West. And this is what it looked like. So it will be difficult to make an argument for a white person coming from that region natively to then become the Black Panther. You know, maybe you could make it, you know, Everett Ross was taken there. Um, what's his name? The White Wolf was taken there, or Winter Soldier. You know, yeah, maybe they maybe they, they got married and they had I would have Winter Soldier was going to be the next Black Panther. That would be so great. <laughs> Um, so maybe you could make an argument. Yeah, someone comes out and it's it's a white black panther. Cool, but I think there his race, 
you know, and that African heritage becomes, it, it's its own part of the story. And that was one reason why I thought Black Panther worked really well, because they didn't just make a black superhero. They made what, to me at least, was an authentically African superhero, which I think was was very different from, you know, just making a black superhero, like a falcon or like a um, black lightning. This was a, you know, they, they I, I at least to me, it looked like they really tried to embody Africa, you know. Same thing with Shang, um, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. They mm. really tried to embody the Asian experience. Even the fact like there's this one scene in, in that that always sticks out to me when he takes off the shoes and they give that his own frame, you know, before he goes into the house. Because that's something you do in an Asian household, that's something you do in an African household. And we know the significance <laughs> of it, you know. You go to your friend's house, like when we're, when we're younger, you go to your friend's house and like, oh, no, keep on your shoes. And they're sitting on the bed with shoes. And it's like, what is going on? You know, so <laughs> how, you know, but those things, I think where you're authentically trying to capture a culture, I think those things are real. You talk of Al Pacino and, and this guy, you know, the um, Denzel made the argument for why... Um, I forget who it was, but it was a Jewish guy telling a Jewish story, and then it was an Italian guy telling an Italian story, um, and he made the argument for why a black guy needed to tell the story that he was in, because those guys know the culture. They know, and even the example he gave was, you know, a hot comb touching your hair, you know, when, when a woman's you know, doing the hair with the daughter. That's a cultural thing that you need someone that's lived that to be able to say, to be able to really tap into those things, you know? Um, and so I think it would be different with T'Challa. I don't but really could you argue that, could, could, could you argue that African-Americans don't know anything about African culture, so it should have been an African person as the director for Black Panther? And I think that's why Ryan Coogler did a really good job, because he went to Africa. He went to Africa and he went, like, he went into, you know, trying to really capture what's going on and i think even to be able to have that understanding because that was killmonger's thing and that's what made killmonger such a compelling villain was actually i kind of get what you're saying <laughs> because he'd also lost that connection to his heritage as it were which is what a lot of african-americans feel you know and so i think that's why yeah, an African could have done it as well, but I think Ryan Coogler being the guy that made it and being able to craft Killmonger the way he did, I think it takes him to do that. To be able to, one, try and get an authentic African experience by going to Africa and not just sort of researching, but trying to get with the people, trying to go to people's houses and doing all that. But then also telling that story of the disconnect the African-American who is somewhat cut off from their, you know, land of origin, you know, and telling that through Killmonger. And that's why I think that first Black Panther was such a good movie. You know, you can't, you can't just get a white person in there because that race, that story, that, that, that history is very much part of what makes it unique. That's not Little Mermaid. Yeah, but a little man would always be white girl, red hair. That's everyone, bro. You can't go in the... And then they they even make her hair red. They, Here's, the they thing, would... Here's the thing, that's aerial to people that have watched it. No. Yeah. That's aerial. No. People haven't watched... Some people might not have watched The Little Mermaid. People might, going into this, never having watched The Little Mermaid. Will the fact that she's black have any effect on that? 
on onto so someone goes into this movie and this is their first exposure to the little mermaid will the fact that she's black have any relevance to the story i don't know i have to go and watch it and see <laughs> i don't think so i think someone can walk into this having never watched the little mermaid never knowing ariel was was a white you know um, redhead and the fact that it's a black girl won't matter to the story uh i thought the, the, the problem is like a lot of these black people when when they're put into things they're, they're very very heavy-handed when it comes to black issues and stuff do they do that with little mermaid i don't think they do i oh well i haven't seen it yet so i i, I yeah. don't know i might go and see it i haven't I heard they do anyway yeah. Yeah. i'm just gonna i'm i want to go and see spider-man mm. miles morales yeah yeah, basically that's the thing. If someone goes into a Black Panther movie and sees a white guy, <laughs> like, like it'll, it'll 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 feel weird. Like, why is the white guy the king of this African country? Like, is this colonization all over again? Like, what's going on? Okay, question. Like, it'll be weird. Yeah. <laughs> question. Let's <laughs> let's say let's say they they wanted to redo Tarzan and they made him black. Would that be okay? <laughs> Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> I think the actor that does it, good luck. Yo, someone should do that. Dude, oh. to be honest, at this point, I'm Jonathan Major should do it because that, that, that's probably the only way he's going to get for Jonathan Major. <laughs> Very relax. Relax. Do you see he's going out with Megan Good now? I saw that. I, I saw that. The first thing I was like, is this is this a good idea? But, <laughs> yeah, she's well, older than she as well, isn't she? By like ten years or something. The the thing with so the thing with Jonathan Majors, right? Apart from me not being able to get over the fact that he's losing everything, and Ezra Miller's movie is coming out, um, is his mum's a pastor. So I'm, I'm like, why couldn't you just like get married and like? Do the right thing and like get all this success whilst you're in a loving marriage and you go to church every Sunday. Not you will you might not be the best person in the world still, you might not be perfect. But like I feel like that would give so much more. It would just protect against so much more. You know? Like yeah. You would hope. Well, I mean you'd I hope, mean you'd hope, but why why is he doing menaces just as much as girlfriends do? yeah but then here's the thing like if you're living an authentically christian life you're not going to be perfect but i mean it's hard to imagine like good christians just being wild all over the place like you just you, uh, denzel define you, good like good is like you and me going to church trying trying to do you know trying to live by the bible trying to be a good Christian trying mm. and believing and I like not not even not not anything super crazy, just trying, you know. Like I feel like it it you just wouldn't get a lot of these things. But you know, I feel like that being said, I think there's a reason why the divorce rate in within Christianity mirrors that of Christian of divorce in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, sure, yeah. I'm sure a lot of those people that got divorced were trying to live good Christian lives. Yeah. As yeah well. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> it's fair. It's an unfortunate truth. It's an unfortunate truth. But yeah. And it's it's so it's so weird how the the rate of divorce is the same. 
Yeah. Like yeah. we have the winning formula. But if you don't if if you don't be applying the formula the right way, you won't get the result. It's a hard formula. It's a hard formula that shouldn't be applied in your own strength. But yeah. It's not to say we've not made mistakes. You know, the whole purity culture thing, the whole idea of men loving their wives as Christ loved the church is ridiculous. Um and can only be done with the help of God. The idea of women submitting to men in the way the Bible suggests you do is is not possible without submitting to God, without God's help. So it's not, an, it's not an easy formula to apply. It's just our whole faith is based on the impossible being made possible. So ideally you'd hope people would would be able to do it. But that's, yeah, we're still people, aren't we? We're still people. We're just ordinary people. Oh, you we don't know which be. way you to go. We should have all the directions within the Bible and oh, the man. spirit that lives within us. But alas, oh. yeah. Is there, is there any parts of the Bible that you feel like you use to as like direction for what it means to be a husband or like a godly husband? Yeah. So, well, my, my my ring isn't here. Like literally engraved in my ring is as Christ loved the church. Uh, where's the ring, Peter? It's in the wardrobe. Because I just got back from training. I can't wear jewelry while I train. All right, so you're out here being single during training? Yeah. Getting lo- leg locked by all these women? Oh no, just men. That's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> Getting all hot and sweaty. Very close, very intimate. There's always hair in my mouth. Yo. And none of it your own. <laughs> none of it my own. It's always blonde. If Anita was any well, if Anita wasn't my wife and didn't like know me, every time I come home there's like blonde hair all over. So just, yeah. It'll be easy to just be like, who have you been with? Well, I was rolling with this guy and that guy. Really roll with girls. I rolled with girls before, but yeah. Yeah well. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Not that kind of rolling. Not that kind of But no, so the, the very idea of as Christ loved the church, I, I don't use it like, oh, this is how I do my stuff. It's always a challenge. But then that's like pivotal is at least as soon as I have the presence of mind to think of it, it's like, okay, cool. How would, how does Christ demonstrate this? You know, how does he love his wife in this? And so if it's like, you know, sometimes even holding the L because Christ held the L for his church, you know, even when he didn't mm. need to. So sometimes there'll be like situations where I'm like, I was right. I was right here. I'm just right. not going to like, I'm right. just not going to, I'm not going to put that in your face because Christ doesn't put it in the face of his church, you know, and he will just hold it. I'm like, cool, I'll hold the L on this. And, you know, I'll be patient here and, I will deny myself here and I don't do it all the time. I don't do it anywhere near as much as I need to, but that's always my challenge. And that's how the Bible always sort of challenges me in, in marriage, especially. So, yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, I don't think I have anything else to talk about unless you have anything. Um, no, no, nothing comes to mind immediately. I'm probably going to think of it as soon as we jump off the call. Well, cool. yeah. Yeah. let's wrap up then because it's getting kind of late and it's past my bedtime. Yeah. Hookups? Hookups, hookups, hookups. Oh, I didn't even think of hookups. 
Um, what have I been using lately? Techwiser. So actually, I've got a video that I want to suggest, which is like seven free AI tools that people can use. Um, and it's like, it's really good. It's really good. From Bard, which is Google's AI, to an AI called video.ai that you can supply a video to, like a YouTube video to, and it will create Instagram shorts for you mm. from the video that you give it. Fam, I've been seeing this Adobe thing where you give it a picture, give it a prompt, and then it'll fill in the picture for you. Yeah. Yeah. That is crazy. Dolly can do that. And like, yeah, you can even get like, I don't know if you ever use Telegram. Uh, I think I've got it. I don't think I use it. So there are bots on Telegram. You can use, there's a bot called, what's it called? I think it's just, uh, I can't remember the name, but there's a bot that you can add to a group. And then you literally type slash image and give it like an, you know, robot standing in front of train station and it will give you an image of a robot standing in front of the train station. It will create yeah. an image of a robot standing in front of it. Like, it's crazy right now. And then there's like one scribe that you can draw. Like you can literally draw a stick, you know, you can draw a stick house mm-hmm. and give it a prompt and say, you know, house on a hill or something. And it will give you like a picturesque based on your stick house that you just scribbled. Drawing so, of, so yeah, Dolly, it uses Dolly, like so. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a bunch of AI tools. So, this video by a guy called Techwiser, is an Indian guy. Um, he's it's seven free AI tools that you can you can look into. Um, so that'll be my hookup. Oh, oh before I get my hookup, have you did you see those new um Apple Google, um goggles Vision Pro? Yeah, yeah, what do you think about that? That looked cool. It looks cool. It's thirty five hundred though, or is it four thousand? It's ridiculous. Yeah, but as as I mean, who was I speaking to that described it like Apple always wait to jump on the bandwagon, but when they do jump on the bandwagon, <laughs> they come hard. Yeah, and yeah. and, and like people were laughing at it, saying it's never going to catch on. I remember those same people saying those thing about those stupid earpods. Yeah, and now everyone's using earpods. Everyone's using earpods, and and really? now even like. The Android guys are making airport looking like. <laughs> okay, yeah. See, we want by Apple. They be they 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 be setting pace on on a lot of technology. It's an early stage of the technology, but I think it's probably the way to go. Like, we know we've got virtual reality, but I think this sort of augmented reality thing is probably the way to go. Mm. Um, and and yeah, I mean, soon, you know, they they just need to get it small enough. That enough. it's not crazy on your face and cheap enough yeah. that everyone can afford it, and that's that's not what this is, but that's what this leads to five, ten years down the line. Yeah, you know the iPhone used to be chunky, now it looks yeah. beautiful. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, soon soon it's just gonna be a pair of sunglasses. You put put the sunglasses on. Cool. My hookup is a YouTube channel, Devon on Deck. So that's D E V A N on deck. Oh, you seen him too? As he came up in my short. <laughs> so on Sunday, <laughs> before, before before you even give your thing on Sunday, I wore two rings to church. Oh, oh, oh because of him. Because of him. <laughs> I wore two rings. It's funny. I wore two rings to church. I did a. I gave a little cough to my shirt. <laughs> How was I getting compliments? Like. 
Uh, Jamila's like, oh, where are you guys going now? You look like you did some effort. I've worn that shirt before. I've worn that watch before. I've done it. You just rolled it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really took. <laughs> okay, so so Devon is like a men's fashion guy. Um, yeah, I found him through shorts as well. So like yeah. he'll, he'll like say, I'm going here, I'm going out. This is the outfit Get, I'm get dressed with me. Well. Yeah. And yeah, so he'll do the outfit, do the shades, do the perfume. Um, and yeah, check out his channel. It's really good. I don't think I'll ever be able to dress as well as him. Don't think I need to, you know. <laughs> I'm already married. <laughs> so it's not necessary. But like, he, 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 he definitely does make me think about wanting to you know, try a little something. something. And now that I see that you are, I might try as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I might, uh... I, I might wear two rings on, on Sunday as well. <laughs> it's weird because, yeah, 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 shorts. And they're like, and it's not, I mean, some of the stuff he's got is expensive, you know, his watches are quite expensive, but it's also somewhat understated. It's not too crazy, like yeah. the way that he presents stuff. And it's like, I guess, guess it just got me thinking. I was like, you know what, let me just, let me just see what this is saying. And let me just see. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, just a few tweaks here and there, and then yeah. I was getting compliments. I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, and like if you go to his his like actual channel, he has um things where he shows you like affordable versions of the stuff that yeah. he wears and stuff. Yeah. So if you were broke, boy, you can still be looking fly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, let's round up. <laughs> um, hopefully Moses will be back next week. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. Why was happening? Well, no, because we won't be here in. Uh, Near the end of June for a couple of oh, weeks. Oh, yeah, going away. Yes, yes. So yes. I hold it down. I want to try and see if I can still come on. It's just I can't trust the internet out there. Well, it depends on where you're staying and like how, how good then. We'll be in the village. We'll be in the village. Oh, psh. yeah. yeah. Well, your laptop, you'll be saving the village, bro. Oh, here's the thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of my mates, just as we round up, one of my mates took a. He had a he had an iPhone and you know iPhones have a water rating like you can drop it in water and it's fine. Yeah. He took it to Ghana and they dropped it in the Ghana water. <laughs> <laughs> and it broke. Probably turned into into a, a Motorola, bro. He's <laughs> like, I, I thought it was going to be fine, but that Ghana water hits different. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. But yeah. Anyway. So, all right. Cool. Take us Shout out to Roots for the intro outro music. Calvin Turner for the Audrey Amazing logo. Twitter at Defenders UK. Instagram at TBS Furnace. Email tbsfurnace.com. You can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash Blacks Furnace. No apostrophe. On all good podcasts, websites, and apps. Blacks Furnace with no apostrophe. And that's it. So, this is the Blacks Furnace signing out. Blow. <laughs>